0: welcome back to quantum conversations my name is sarah and i'm so excited to bring you another episode with my co-host carrie bennett we are really enjoying giving you this show and talking about these topics that seem really complex so that we can help them be a little bit more understandable to the everyday person i just wanted to remind you to head down into the show notes to make sure you get my free resources and carrie's free resources we've both spent a lot of time compiling our favorite list of products, as well as how you can actually implement a lot of these things into your daily life for free using our guides. We also both have amazing courses that you have access to in the show notes as well. And we co-host a course together called quantum fertility. We've actually had some quantum fertility babies just born this summer, and we have several quantum fertility pregnancies going on right now where women were told that they were not going to get pregnant. And we have been able to show them the way using these circadian principles and quantum biology. And we're so grateful for this. So make sure you head down to the show notes, check out those resources, check out those courses, And if you are enjoying the show, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to our channel, hit the like button, leave us a comment. And if you're listening on the podcast app, please head on over to Apple or Spotify. Leave us up to a five star review. Since we are such a brand new show, we want to make sure that we're getting this message out to as many people as possible. Again, we want to make these concepts of quantum biology and circadian biology understandable, and applicable to the everyday person. We want you to pull up a chair, come hang out and enjoy this conversation with me and Carrie, and have a fantastic day. Hello, welcome back to Quantum Conversations. We have a guest here with us today in my house, Dr. Sarah Pugh. So welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, we uh decided it'd be fun to fly Sarah here just for quantum conversations episode. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are.
1: <laughs> yeah, Sarah, I'm so excited to chat with you because I think today we decided that we would love to introduce the audience to your beautiful brain in regards to de- deuterium and ketosis, which are two really awesome topics in this quantum health world that I think um I think deuterium is up and coming, and I think ketosis is well-known, but I think there's a lot of mistakes made in the ketosis world in light of things like leptin, in light of things like not um, doing it with circadian signaling as well. So where do you want to start? Where would be the best entry point into this conversation?
2: I think probably what is deuterium, because it's not, you know, technically, it's just an isotope of hydrogen, which is naturally occurring. But because hydrogen's in group one, which is a metal, we can say that deuterium's the heavy metal that nobody talks about. Mm. And because of its size, it can basically, in simple terms, wreak havoc in the body, but only when it's in the wrong place. And it's not just about how to get deuterium out of yourself, it's how you can manage not taking in too much. But not to say that it's poisonous it's just when like anything when you have too much of it in the wrong place um it can be pretty destructive when we'll get into that in a moment
1: sure so i yeah absolutely and so i mean i think it's important for people to realize like we got a ton of hydrogen in our bodies right you know because a lot of people are like so who cares about this deuterium thing well if you think of the fact that every 90 or 99 out of every 100 molecules is water, meaning, and water is H2O, it means we've got a lot of H's that can either be what we would call, I guess, normal hydrogen, which is technically called protium, or deuterium. So, I loved your conversation you had with Laszlo Boros on deuterium. And what was fascinating was, like you said, deuterium is not bad nor good. It's just we need it in the right locations. And I thought one of the most fascinating places that he highlighted where we, I guess, the body maybe sequesters deuterium is in the connective tissue.
0: Ah. I know. Yeah, because that was our episode last you just time, did yeah. the fascia and the connective mm-hmm. tissue so that's very
2: interesting and also the other one i haven't released the podcast with dr stephanie seneff um the deuterium can actually support and stabilize the EZ water because it gives it gel so mm-hmm. it's all about it ha- it's all about being in the right place at the right time and i think with the collagen it makes sense that um, it would be a way to stabilize our collagen. But also deuterium is supposed to be in the blood and the cerebral spinal fluid because it has a function relating to light there. And I think in my podcast with the Dr Zapatero, we talked a lot about the cerebral spinal fluid. We didn't have a chance to talk about deuterium, but he would have known all about it. So it, that's what I'm saying. It's not like mercury where it's Bad. destructive everywhere. It's more about having accumulated too much and having it in the wrong place. And I think the worst place of all to have it is in your mitochondria because it really is kryptonite to them.
1: So, yeah. Okay. So talk to people about how how deuterium, where would it be found in the mitochondria and what the problem with that is?
2: Well, in the mitochondria, you've got the ATPAs that um is it's a motor that spins and hydrogens, the small ones are meant to go down, whereas a deuterium is too big. So it basically blocks it up and breaks it, just like sort of shoving a spanner in the works or, or a spoon in a blender like I did yesterday. And that's what happens. <laughs> I was making keto desserts because I know we're going to talk about keto um in a moment, but yeah, that, that's basically what deuterium um does to mitochondria's motor. And once you've and it's ATPase. That's the end of the mitochondria, and we all know that without them, we're basically stuffed. And the mitochondria in our bodies have got a unique filtering system called the TCA cycle to check about six or seven or more times to make sure a deuterium doesn't sneak in. It's sort of a bit like a nightclub and a bouncer. Because every now and again in a nightclub, somebody bad gets in, but most of the time the bouncers keep them out. So that's what the TCA cycle does to keep the deuterium out of the mitochondria as best it can. And then the mitochondria will then make deuterium-free or deuterium-depleted water so we can sort of naturally start to flush deuterium out of our bodies. And that, I think, will tie into why ketosis is really Mm -hmm. important and how you don't just have to drink deuterium depleted water because some people think, well, I can't afford it. And I think, great, fair enough. I, I hear you, but don't worry. You can do it other ways because Dr. Borosh didn't mention deuterium depleted water Mm-mm. once in the podcast.
0: Yeah. When I talked to him on my podcast, he was kind of against, when I brought it up, he kind of poo-pooed it and was like, no, that's not what I want people doing um, to deplete deuterium. You know, I think I think his whole point was like, you have to do all these other things that I'm sure uh, Dr. Sarah will talk about to deplete deuterium. Otherwise the water is very expensive and it's going to be a waste. And I've seen that in real time with clients that they just buy the water and they ignore all the other things that you're supposed to be doing. And they're like, I just spent all this money on water and I don't feel any different at all. And I'm like, well, (laughs) you got to do the whole thing, right?
1: Yeah. It's a complete, it's a complete package. I, I think before we get into like de- the deuterium depletion strategies, where would we encounter deuterium on a day-to-day basis? How does it get into our bodies?
2: Pro- processed food is like really high up, um, high carbs and sugar. Cause if we look at food, fats, very low mm-hmm. protein is kind of low to medium and anything high sugar and especially processed food. Um, that's where it's high. And then water, the closer you are to the equator, the higher the deuterium in the water but we'll come to what you can, why that's the case. Um, And then I think supplements is what Stephanie, when I I did my podcast with Dr. Stephanie Seneff, she really, we really went for supplements because I think that's where people, it sneaks in. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people we know eat really healthily, Mm -hmm. but then- They'll take 50 supplements a day. Yeah. 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 And obviously collagen um, supplements, because you take- Oh yeah, those are some of the worst. Because you take like 10 grams of that. Whereas even in something like Prozac, that's got 18 hydrogens and it could have a deuterium the pill is like tiny
1: yeah absolutely do you think that the collagen supplement in and of itself in in the actual amino acids you'll find the deuterium or do you think it also has to do with the connective tissue having that hydration shell of water associated with it that we're in our bodies it's going to have a lot more deuterium there
2: I don't think anybody's tested it, because I think what we were saying before, that if the collagen comes from an animal that's grass fed, and Dr. Boris said the heavier the animal, the more deuterium there's Mm going to be in, that's why, you know, lamb potentially is better than beef, because it's lighter. And if it is grass fed collagen from a sort of animal or non grass fed, you're you're just basically eating where, it's like eating where all the deuterium has been sequestered, because it's supposed to go in the collagen. So bone broth, like what, what are what are your thoughts on people who want to make bone broth? Um, well, with ox, because with a tail, all the tail ever does is that. So it's got the hardly any collagen in it because it's so low tensile strength that you can eat bo- a bone broth. And uh, and also if you're making just bones, you, you there's it's only the bone. You're not having any of the meat around. It. And even if you want the ox tail, which is coll- collagenous, it doesn't do much. A tail it swishes some flies away a couple of times a day.
1: <laughs> that's interesting i love that um okay so uh, the one thing that yeah with your conversation with stephanie sonif that what i found fascinating was the fact that companies don't control for deuterium and so the implication that i took away from that was let's say you're giving some someone is the one that the one that i found fascinating is when when she said well how do we know that melatonin is deuterium depleted when we take it in supplement form whereas the body has a means of us of making sure deuterium is not in the the melatonin molecule itself because perhaps it behaves differently when it's got when it's full of deuterium versus when it's not
2: but also it's the same as anything because like a ketone or a mito or um melatonin has roles in the mitochondria so you're taking a, and same as um, nmn and ni you're <laughs> taking something that's going to go really near to the mitochondria like things like Vitamins—they're not—they don't go in the mitochondria per se. Uh, and then there's also—it's not released yet. My Stephanie Seneff Unleashed Part Two, which she goes into this even in more depth, because it's all about methylated, uh, sorry, deteriorated methyl groups, which is a whole other really exciting angle of of deuterium in the body. And a lot of people are really interested in methylation because of you know MTHFR. Oh, yeah of what people have heard of. And that podcast is like, it, it, it's so good. It, I just need to upload it. So it's, it, and it's Stephanie Senef, you know, really in a flow state.
1: Love it. I can't wait for that one. That'll be fun. So let's summarize for a second here because, um, you know, that's what we do on this, <laughs> this podcast. So basically the body has deuterium, it's a natural thing. And when it's a, it's a form of hydrogen and when it's in certain places in the body, that's great, right. It probably gives the connective tissue its tensile strength or its length tension relationship, protects that tensegrity network. When it's in other exclusion zones in the body, it also stabilizes the exclusion zone because that deuterium wants to bind to oxygen more strongly than a light hydrogen. So in a, in essence, you could also view the formation of exclusion zone water as a means of sequestering deuterium and also getting light hydrogen where it needs to go, funneling it in proton wires throughout the body. And then, um when however, when that goes awry, which I think our modern exposure to processed foods, carbohydrates out of season, lots of supplements, I think that, that can get make deuterium go awry as can. I would imagine that dysfunctional mitochondria or mitochondrial dysfunction, I would imagine that there has to be some um TCA cycle dysregulation as well that's happening there where the deuterium has a chance to kind of sneak through uh, the bouncers, as you imagine. And so once, deuterium gets into the mitochondria, if it reaches a certain threshold that it can jam up those ATPases, the mitochondria becomes dysfunctional. And as we've talked about many times in this podcast, the body has to make that deuterium depleted water. It really is everything. ATP matters too, but that deuterium depleted water is essential. Um, And if that goes awry, then whatever that tissue that's happening in that tissue can start to express symptoms that can eventually get a disease diagnosis.
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And back to the TCA cycle, when that starts to break or get blocked up, that's one of the first stages of cancer. Mm -hmm. And as much as I'm not very big on supplements anymore, uh, methylene blue can actually help deuterium deplete the TCA cycle, but you have to use it in a specific way, not just willy nilly. But like we're going to talk about, you can do lots of free things without supplements yourself to
1: get the deuterium out. Well, cool. so let's talk about that then. So this is who who wants to deuterium deplete? Are we looking at just longevity? What about uh, hey, as it, on a yearly basis, maybe I should go through a period of deuterium depletion, especially if my if I live in a seasonal environment where I would naturally be exposed to less carbohydrates. Um, what about you know people who have you know would it say cancer or other serious mitochondrial dysfunctions? Where where do you feel the need for deuterium depletion lies? Should we get it tested? I've had many clients get it tested and um, they they also test their water. And it's interesting, their water and their, their salivary deuterium levels are almost exactly the same.
0: I have the same thing. I have a client that's like way up north, kind of in uh, like Colorado, and her well water was actually like 130 ppm. Yeah,
1: because it's at elevation. Deuterium yeah. is lower at elevation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: And she, yeah, she was like, oh, it's, I have 130 ppm in my well. I'm like, drink it, girl. <laughs> you know, and yeah, her, her deuterium wasn't as low as the well water, but it was in the 140s, which is actually, for someone who's not purposely doing deuterium depletion, uh I most people I see come back at 150, 155. Yeah, exactly. You know, for years. Mm. And it's, yeah, it's something you have to be purposeful with doing.
1: Yeah, Sarah, any t- any experience with that?
0: Yeah. Um the two people
2: I've asked to get a test, it came back at 149 and they were both in the UK. And obviously being higher latitude, the water there is going to be probably 147-ish. But Mm -hmm. both of them um, are exposed to a lot of tech and blue light because to do with quantum, just in simple language, red light gets deuterium out or puts Mm -hmm. it in the exclusion. And blue light being a growth factor makes you hold it in. And then the non-native EMFs change the the way that uh, bonds in hydrogen and water um, are affected and it makes the deuteriums nastier and more likely to stay in you so we have to always take into account things like that so that's what i've observed with them because that technically there should have been lower but then i know about people's what what they get up to because i ask lots of questions and i would say for them the the blue light mm-hmm. and the is is keeping it in them
1: Well, that blue light in and of itself can really wreak havoc to the mitochondria. So you can imagine that could also dysregulate. The deuterium can get dysregulated, or they're just not making deuterium depleted water either, right? Right. If their mitochondria can't do that for them, that's interesting. Okay. So step one in a deuterium, I'd love to hear. And Sarah, like, I'd like, maybe we can just share, like, what are, what would our recommendations be if someone really says, uh oh, 155? I don't want my deuterium to be there. I have a, my family has a, a history of X, Y, and Z. I'm doing the quantum stuff, so maybe we can uh, assume that people are seeing the sunrise, Canadian blocking the artificial light. What gotta
0: be doing that? The light yeah. is foundational. If you're not doing the light piece, like yeah, don't. So, bother. what
1: are the key aspects of the light piece besides blocking the artificial light, that blue light? Well, I think if you ha- if
2: you've got a poor circadian rhythm, you can't detox anything properly. Mm-hmm. It's- Um, and it's like a process so that would be the main thing and people are familiar with that so that's what I would say Um, and then I'm a massive fan of UV light I won't go into it this time but also UV light makes you sweat Mm. and that's partly how you get deuterium out and I appreciate that in the UK at the moment there isn't any and we'll go into that another time of what I do in the winter not this podcast but I think what you were saying what what can I do that's easy is go, go keto
1: yeah. Okay. So ketosis would be a very good way. So you were saying before that fat does not have as high, of, uh, the, the hydrogen found in fat is not likely to be deuterium and potentially because the deuterium just doesn't fit into those bond angles in the same way.
2: Yeah. And, and basically with all fats like butter, macadamia mm-hmm. nuts, all of these, they're like 120, 118, and olive oil, everything, they're all the same. Whereas when you get into meats, it can depend whether it's grass-fed fed or not. Mm-hmm. So okay, it's yeah. very, very simple. And also Dr. Borosh and Stephanie Senna published a paper about mountaineering and being deuterium depleted. And, and the diet that the athlete ate included lots of avocados. So that they're okay as well. They're low. So, so I would say you know you you'd build your keto backwards choose your fats and then you can have proteins but then um make a decision uh, have have one of those sort of more fat-based keto diets not i mean carnivore you could easily accidentally overeat protein yeah. but it's going to be better than what you were doing before and you can deal with the level of pro- and not to be afraid of protein either but just to be aware that the fats don't mm-hmm. have de- they're, they're that low they're like 120 so you, 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 there isn't any that uh, i i asked in detail whether it was cacao butter coconut oil mm-hmm. all of them and they're all in like that sort of 120 118 range
1: so you know i have a range i mean i lo- i love to see people closer to 130 right what would you consider to be a, a healthy range to shoot for in terms of deuterium if they get it tested probably under 140 because i think dr borish
2: said if you're in the 130s your risks of diabetes cancer obesity um autoimmunity and all the things that are very prevalent nowadays um pretty much go away and, and you're following one marker and one thing not these gigantic labs that mm-hmm. we were talking about oh, a giant yeah. lab earlier when there's so many numbers you don't know what it gives you a very clear focus i've got this thing i want to lower and I've got a pathway to lower this one marker, which I can retest later. So that's why I would say there.
1: No, I love that. It does. It says simplify things. And what I love about deuterium, I actually, one of my members, she she does, she she may recognize herself when she hears this description, but she's like, she dives down these rabbit holes and she's, she basically comes back and it's like a rabbit hole on vitiligo, a rabbit hole on histamine or a rabbit hole. And she's like, all roads really do lead to light and water and deuterium and melanin and I'm like they really a lot of might oh, really do
2: uh,
0: yeah. What was
1: that? I know who you're talking about <laughs> I know her too yeah she's great she's like the best uh she's like the best you give her you give her a question and she like goes she goes deep into it so um so, but so yeah i mean i think deuterium is a fun marker because it really is you could be diving down and auto, like the vitiligo rabbit hole or you could d- dive down the cancer rabbit hole or you could and all roads do at, at some point intersect with deuterium and so it's a very simplified marker to test and assess and track and just know that um I guess it's reassuring for people to see it shift and change, knowing that what they're doing with their quantum lifestyle is helping their body, specifically their mitochondria, function on all cylinders.
2: Also, another thing about deuterium is it's more magnetic than hydrogen. And I think... Um, the magnetism Mm -hmm. side of this really fascinates me because I've gone into a deep dive into magnetism to do with um, spirituality and crystals. But again, deuterium being more magnetic, I think is another pathway. And also because a lot of sacred geometry and stuff is working on sort of magnetism and the earth's field. I think there'll be some uh, biogeometry ways to set things up, which would be very interesting to see how that affected deuterium or not, because that's again my current rabbit
1: hole. Uh, deplete deuterium or allow the body to sequester deuterium using biogeometry Yes,
2: or, or interesting just to let it just go through <laughs> i'm
1: feeling if, if
2: i'm not magnet if i'm very magnetic that the, the, the deuterium um, is not interested and in it just goes through whereas mm. if i'm not magnetic enough the deuterium is more likely to stay or try and stay it's just it's just from you know the, just thinking about it in a, in a different way about I think magnetism is a thing we we talk about least in quantum biology and I've really started to think okay let's learn more about this and I think it was partly the the big dive into, into energy and different spiritual things and how did I know it was Sarah's blanket I was sleeping under yes Alexis's or Matt's because that's how information can be passed through objects and crystals is, is magnetic trace and Again, because I know that deuterium is more magnetic. I, I mean, I don't know the answer there, so I'm just putting it out here. But I definitely think there'll be something to do with biogeometry and how we can work with deuterium. Because just to digress for two seconds, we're experimenting with the, the tower oh yeah. and the EMF. So mm-hmm. we do actually think it does block them. Yeah.
0: So uh, again yeah cuz this is a very high non-native EMF house like yeah. I've <laughs> I've had it tested and she's here and she it's, there's a lot going on here um and with the Because town, of your location basically is location, what it is. Yeah, yeah, I'm close to yeah, I've done everything indoors, you know, as much as I can hardwire the TV and um, you know Ethernet ports and various parts. Yeah, we got the ports and everything. It's just, it's difficult because we have neighbors, we have a busy street, we've got power lines, we have a tower and it's just, you can't really escape it, um, here. And the funny thing she was mentioning is that she notices when she's in an area of like high non AVMF, she gets plaque on her teeth and I was having an issue with plaque on my teeth until we got the tower and I had like a little dental kit and I would like, I know you're not supposed to do that. Kelly Bento will like whip my butt.
1: No, she won't actually. I'm going to guarantee you that we just had a great in the, in my, in the membership group, we just had a great chat about dentistry. So yeah, no, she's not gonna get mad at you for
0: that. Okay. So I would like scrape, I would get little plaque on the bottom of my teeth when we moved in here and I would just like scrape it off, scrape away from the gum. And, uh, since we've had the tower, I don't have the plaque anymore. And so that's an indication to me that it is working and then I had a quantum physicist come to my home and he verified that it well, he's
1: not just a physicist he's like uh into with- in- intuitive very yeah. like he's got this in- very intuitive as well yeah he's he walked
0: bi- right over to it and was like um what is this I need to learn about this this is doing <laughs> like yeah so yeah he's yeah. he's a polymath as well
2: mm-hmm. and and he and he and uh yeah definitely his knowledge of, cause he knows how the quantum block, that cube regular really right. Q works. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he does. And yeah. he, this is better than the, the, um, the cube. I have two cubes. Interesting. You know? Yeah.
1: So but I think we should tell people cause we're going to get a lot of questions. We're talking about a product called the cosmic tower.
0: Right. Which, and they um, actually have reached out to us to come yes. on quantum conversation. Thank
1: you. This will be a perfect segue to do that. And I saw that email. I just, for some reason, got buried at the bottom of my inbox. So yeah, I mean, we would love to have them out uh, on. And the, what, what I am going to say, although I'm cool with this, It's it's out there, right? Like if you present this information and you say, "Wait, this is healing well water from around the world that's in a certain and it's somehow creating a toroidal field that blocks magnetic, like electromagnetic fields and dark energy." And it's like, "Yes, yes, that's what this is, right?" And so, if you're willing to hear about that, we we we're good. I I have no problem bringing these these um, folks on. They're just they're lovely human beings, and I think the more we can learn about this, because I think the, the the thing with EMFs and I, Sarah, I'd love to hear your take on that. Forever, I was uh, I was of the camp that shield, shield, hide, hide, shield, shield, hide, hide, and it's like we can't do that anymore, right? We just physically can't shield and hide from EMFs, so there has to be another layer to this at some point because the industry, the, the tech industry, is not stopping their mm-hmm. production of smart stuff. So I think I'm happy about things like the Cosmic Tower because I want to give people hope that there are going to be solutions that that go beyond just having to live underground for, for the rest of your life.
2: Yeah. yeah, the thing is, the phone is you're the worst one of all, and sure. can control that, that's what Sarah Hodgson said, is that it's worse? It's the worst one, and luckily it's a bit like food, we can choose what we put in our mm-hmm. mouths, and we can choose how much we use our phones, So, so there is that level of, I can control this. And then I think w- with shielding, yeah, there's like a lot of things like Mylar. I I love that. And it's like $2 a sheet and, not, and you can wrap things up in it and, and every, all of your devices still work. You can wrap your Wi-Fi box up in it and you don't have to have a divorce with your husband because <laughs> he wants to watch sport. Whoa, then- whoa,
1: whoa. I've never heard that. How does the Mylar work while it still emits a signal, but it it does it harmonize? How, how does it? Does it, does- um, the thing is I think what happens with a lot of things
2: is it's like um overkill that it blasts out loads and loads and loads of wi-fi and half of it you don't even need so mm. you, you can wrap it up like a, a, a to t- t- to the point where hardly any comes out so you can control it so it's not overkill but also I'm I, the worst other things are gang, you know uh, gangways of plugs mm. it, uh, the the my tri screams at those all I do is I, I wrap them up because you can wrap it up like a a massive parcel because it's running electricity through cables it doesn't need to come out Um, and then when it comes to walls I just turn my electric off at night and I don't in that's I can do that in my house because I don't I'm not interested in tech I don't have anything and everything's unplugged unless I'm using it so you can manage a household and not annoy your partner or children and secretly kind of mitigate EMFs as well and the, the mylar it, I found is to be way better than buying, EM- I've, I've got EMF blankie over there and I've got like a bond charge hoodie which hoodie. I really yeah. liked but they're like $200 whereas mylar is $2 and you can, if you that if you've got a heart mm-hmm. issue you could make a big shield and put the mylar down your t-shirt and play on your phone if you have to because
0: it's like shielding. I think, did you cheap. guys ever see Better Call Saul? Yeah. <laughs> the- <laughs> brother that used to be the lawyer that had the electrosensitivity and he had to like leave the firm and everyone thought he was insane but he was like he couldn't deal with emfs wasn't he wrapped in his living room in mylar probably yeah (laughs) that's like that's what i'm thinking of that show yeah actually told one
2: of my clients um, (laughs) if you must go on your phone just get some cardboard wrap the mylar around it put it down your front and just use your phone because nobody's going to see like what you do in private away from everybody who cares it's all I think about doing weird stuff that's quantum in public that deters people but you know doing and it's really cheap the whole mylar thing so it it doesn't matter i'm not like trying to promote some really expensive items right but but like (laughs) you said i think again if people have got the money they can buy the tower and like and then carry on with life as normal that way because again we're catering for two different budgets right yeah love that
1: yeah yeah i yeah i absolutely want to go into the tower more and i'm gonna experiment with mylar i might i might um message you and ask you like, like if there's any spec, well, let's put this out there. What specifications? Can you just go on Amazon and get Mylar sheets? Yeah,
2: of Mylar. It's basically, um, a uh, emergency blanket. Um, so they come all wrapped up, but the, but I think this one's either silver or aluminum, but mm. apparently the gold is like even better. So if mm. you could get gold and and Dr. Cruz actually wrote a blog really recently about gold blocking EMF. So Uh, Golden mylar is better, but the the aluminium and silver are are really good as well. And it's because it's so cheap; it's very it's accessible to every single human being. And you can you know use mylar blankets. Because I used it again uh, in the tent because you can go under it because it keeps you warm. Thermal, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it's like I, I just think it's a very good thing. I mean, for somebody who can afford. Uh, other things and would feel Stupid having foil is like this I'm, just just using out to,
0: my window and- I'm
2: using <laughs> it to block Out a, a light because I broke Sarah's blind no she skin. didn't it was already Broken um, I just never used it <laughs> so, so it's got Multiple uses um, And Sarah, my, my friend Sarah Hodgson she, she was the one that got me into it And she said mm. whenever you travel just always take Mylar with you because if you're in a hotel you Can mm. wrap up or block up Something if you need to um, If you can't turn it off so and She just says she always has it in a bag or in in a car and she's like i said a really top emf surveyor in the uk and has got just absolutely full of really useful tips for all budgets
1: okay so uh, we promise the listeners we'll get back to deuterium in a second i've got one more one more mylar question so like we do have the mylar sleeping bags or mylar blankets right for for camping, yeah. right for...
0: yeah that's when i would see them as marathon runners yeah yeah there's yeah. that
2: you just buy them on amazon and they come all wrapped up in a nice
1: pack of tech. but it doesn't block so my concern is i like I've I have read those studies from Valerie Hunt where she mm-hmm. she put people in a sh- completely shielded room and they went literally insane. They broke Earth, down, oh, they yeah, started yeah, crying yeah. hysterically. Yeah. These were healthy college students because they were shielded from all of the, of the natural electromagnetic fields and the non-native ones as well. So wh- I'm I'm he- what I'm hearing is that Mylar does enough shielding without necessarily completely blocking out things it, like it's, earth's magnet magnetism.
2: Yeah, it's like the EMF paint. I think it does. The EMF paints, I think, 30 to 40. So -hmm. it basically allows us to be gradually exposed to EMFs because we'll get used to them eventually biologically. And it doesn't block it out so much that you um, can't communicate with the Schumann resonance anymore so um and, and, and like and with the mylar you can just choose how much you want to wrap or not wrap so i only do offensive pieces of electronics i don't you know wrap it myself in it
1: i can't wait to play around with this thing sarah <laughs> <laughs> okay you guys are gonna get pictures of you like mylar clothing
0: yeah <laughs> I <if I'm- laughs> yeah we'll be wearing mylar next episode
1: yeah <laughs> where's your
2: dress from <laughs> amazon my <Mylar. laughs> foil hats to a foil cloak <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's great um okay so then bringing this back to deuterium right because we talked about non-native emfs disrupting deuterium regulation in the body and we were alluding to some ketosis i feel like one thing that I want to put out there, because you said red light therapy is really good at depleting. I like that. I like that analogy. Red helps us to deplete and sequester. Blue helps the body kind of for, uh, impairs the
0: body's ability to. It's like insulinogenic, right? Yeah. yeah.
2: I think it's like in categories like blue light and deuterium are growth factors because children, yeah. babies, need they need deuterium. Yeah. yeah. So, so right. and I, I, I don't I can't allude to the mechanism because it could be several. But blue light makes you more likely to hold on to it.
1: So that's perfect. So people can start to work on their blue light exposure, maybe increase their exposure to red near infrared natural sunlight which we which we love, which we always recommend. The only other thing I want to put into this discussion besides um I think we'll save for I think we'll break this in a, in a second and talk ketosis the next episode. Yeah, but what I'd love to t- what I just would love to put out there is I have found that um sauna to be beneficial also for sequestering yeah. deuterium simply because that heat really I feel like builds that exclusion zone and helps people who are re- I think a lot of people are exclusion zone deficient and yeah. I think that that's a way that I've found clients utilize with other deuterium depletion strategies to really help the body regulate deuterium levels.
2: I agree and it's you sweat it out but then mm-hmm. on, on the converse cold thermogenesis also depletes yes. deuterium as well
1: Yeah, right, right. And that also is very, very good for the mitochondria. So I do want to put that out there as well. So if we're, so right now laying the foundation, right, pay attention to the processed foods you eat. If you are that if you're that person who's on 40 to 70 supplements, I mean, I I have I've got clients who have come to me with that amount of supplements because it just, you know, you you have you have debilitating symptoms and you just want that 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 supplement that's just gonna make you just feel a little bit better, a little bit better, and then you're afraid to get off of them. You start to acquire massive amounts of supplements. That's where you might need to sit down with someone who can help you go through your supplements to see what is yeah. really necessary, right? Let's say
0: don't you- do that alone because I've had people just, hey, I watched your videos and heard you talking about deuterium and supplements. And I took myself off of everything and I crashed really hard and had this like work with somebody to work with somebody gently, take them out slowly. Don't just cold turkey because yeah, you could (laughs) set yourself up for a crash, but that's, yeah, I agree. That's something that you should take notice of that. I think it's something people aren't really aware of is the mm-hmm. deuterium, the supplements. The yeah. deuterium.
1: Yeah. And so pay attention, eat seasonally, eat locally. And I'm excited then to dive into ketosis because I think that's a, a, I think there's, I think there's a lot of therapeutic applications to ketosis there. So I would love to hear your take on that in the next, in the next chat.
2: Just to interject with the supplements. I think if the sun was involved in making your supplement, say a plant mm-hmm. it's going to be the much lower deuterium than say production of methylated B vitamins mm-hmm. or um, co- uh, something, if a factory made it, there's probably deuterium in it. And it depends how much you take, you know. Uh, whereas it, it, the plant based ones, the sun uh, and plants are really fussy about deuterium as well. Not as fussy as mitochondria, but they'll deplete what they can for you uh, and put it in their sugar. And then, so don't eat the plant's sugar. But say,
0: I know Ashley. That's why are- you can do like the leafy greens. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are low in deuterium because people freak out. They go ham when you talk about. Yesterday, I did a post on Instagram about the worst foods to eat during winter and coconut water. Oh, Lord. That was like something that upset a lot of people (laughs) to not eat coconut water uh, or not to have coconut water during the winter. Um, But I I also said, you know, tropical fruit smoothies don't have those during the winter. But I said, if you want to have some plants during the winter, cooked leafy greens right those are uh, avocados yeah yeah,
2: coconut um, oil is fine just don't drink the coconut water but also animals uh, won't eat drink coconut water either even crabs won't so again it's always look to see what nature does and
0: copy yeah, it's like uh, one hundred and fifty-five ppm yeah, for coconut yeah. water. It's one of the it's highest. really
1: high. Yeah, it is really high. So, I mean, if you're in the tropics where the coconut where the coconuts yeah. grow, you, you also have the UV light and no, the is. infrared. To, yeah, exactly to sequester it to deplete it. So, like that's why we that's why we're proponents of seasonal and local when at all possible. So, but yeah, ketosis will be interesting because I am. Um, i don't know if there's such a buzz right we know that that being in ketosis could be so beneficial that i'd love to hear your take on it because i like i said i think that there's a little a lot of misinformation out there about how to get into it how deeply you have to go uh yeah well, we'll just go into all those fun details in the next chat
0: all right well we will do that in the next chat then